Hello, and welcome to the Digging Deeper podcast, hosted by 4constructionpros.com, covering various aspects of the construction industry, including the equipment, people, companies, and associations making it all happen. My name is Becky Schultz, editor of Equipment Today, and in this episode, I was joined by Greg Sizemore, Vice President of Safety, Health, Environment, and Workforce Development with the Associated Builders and Contractors. Greg and I discussed another epidemic occurring alongside the COVID-19 crisis, suicide, and the steps contractors need to be taking to ensure the safety of their employees and to get the conversation on this critical topic started. Let's dig in with Greg now. Greg, in addition to your role with the ABC, I understand that you're also the incoming chair for the Construction Industry Alliance for Suicide Prevention. Can you tell me a little bit about this organization and its objectives? Absolutely. Um, first of all, thank you for having me. And you know, anytime we have the opportunity to raise awareness about something as critical as this that is happening in an industry uh, that often would not be seen as an, as an industry that would suffer from uh, incidents or deaths by suicide, uh, this is really important. So I'm, I'm proud to be a part of the conversation today. But um, the Construction Industry Alliance for Suicide Prevention uh, started uh, as an outcrop of the Construction Management Financial Association, which was a group of financial managers. Uh, it's an association here in Washington, D.C. Financial managers got together, and uh, a passion arose uh, around the topic by some inspirational thought leaders in this space that were part of CFMA. And for a few years, CFMA carried that along as a subset of their association. Well, about a year ago, uh, we decided that we were going to break it off and set it up as its own nonprofit organization that focuses directly on suicide in the construction industry. Now, we leverage a lot of partners to do this, uh, other uh, what we call subject matter experts in that space uh, that are already dealing with mental illness, that are dealing with suicide prevention. So the reality is, is we're standing on the shoulders of a lot of good work that has been done out there. But our mission is to raise awareness of this in the construction industry, equip the leaders in our industry to be proactive to address safety when it comes to mental health and or suicide, and then equip. So it really is about equipping and empowering people to feel comfortable talking about this conversation, having the conversation with the right tools and equipment, and then recognizing that it's our responsibility to make a difference here. It's, it's a shame that anybody dies by suicide. Uh, it's an industry that I grew up in, and I'm uber passionate about my particular industry, so... And that's great. I mean, it sounds like a great organization, and I, I, I'm sure we'll touch base on that again. But first, I'd like to take a little bit of a step back and look at the construction industry and the trends prior to the pandemic. Um, what have historically been some of the underlying factors or conditions in construction that can contribute to or, or potentially worsen existing mental health issues? That, that's, that's a wonderful question. 
And we get that question consistently. Why is construction? And it, I just have a, my own personal explanation for this, which I think kind of summarizes. The construction industry as a whole is the tip of the spear when it comes to this because of several reasons. One, we have a very aged workforce. If you look at the demographics of the average construction worker, it's obviously the upper 40s, early 50s right now is what's working in our space and place. And, you know, there is that stereotypical machismo attitude about and being able to do and overcome and muscular and all these types of things that over the year, me being a product of the industry, you know, you can't necessarily do what you did in your 20s and your 50s and 60s and all this. And you're right. still working in the industry. And so there may be, again, a propensity for individuals to lean on substances, whether they be legal or illegal, uh, to get to a level to where they're dealing with pain or a performance issue, trying to get to a certain level. In addition to that, we do know, besides substance abuse, that there are natural entry points into our industry from the military. A lot of good crosswalks come straight into our industry. MOS is out of the military, comes straight into the construction. There's an application, so they're coming out of that world into our world. And whether we believe it or not, PTSD is real. It is it's something that's occurring in those valiant men and women that are serving our country that have probably seen more in a day than I will see in my lifetime. And to think that they can process that and put it in a shelf somewhere is irresponsible on our part. So they've, they've coming into our industry. And then in addition to that, I believe you also have got a generation coming into our industry that looks through a different lens than when I started in the early or late 70s. That... You know, bullying, we call it a rite of passage. You know, you, you kind of got hazed around on a job site. And now there's a different perspective when it comes to that walking into that environment where you're now being thrust into a, a generation that may be, say, there's a rite of passage to be part of this. So it's that perfect storm, tip of the spear, if you will. And it's not one single thing. I think it's a, it's a combination of a lot of things that, that have caused these to happen. And that's why it's so important we address it. And we address it from a total human health perspective. See, when all the years that I've been in the industry, we focused very hard on safety. That is keeping you from getting injured, Becky. It's, it's keeping you from being in harm's way of a slip, a triple fall, electrocution or something. We've made great strides in that space over the last few decades. Absolutely. Now we've got to step back and we've got to look at the mind, the mental health components. Because if we think that the young construction worker, the seasoned construction worker, the former military, or anyone else coming into the job site are able to leave the world of issues behind them in a pickup truck or their car or whatever they drive, that is an unrealistic expectation. So we have to address total human health. That's why. I'm yeah, saying. for sure. For sure. Um, now, my understanding that even prior to the onset of the current crisis, um, suicide rates in the industry were historically very high. Um, can you share some insight about that? Well, if you look at it, you know, there's, uh, suicide is a lagging indicator, obviously, when you begin to think about what you're measuring there. And 
you know, there's, it's, it's very difficult to measure, and you have to lean on a couple sources, and obviously we lean on the Center for Disease Control for some stats, and we lean on OSHA for other stats. And when you begin to think about, let's just go to 2018, there were over 1,008 construction worker fatalities in 2018. When you think about this, there was an estimated 5,242 construction worker suicides. Now, you may say, well, that's, that's, is that happening on job sites all around America? No, it doesn't necessarily mean it happened on a job site. It just meant that that individual was in the industry. And so when you begin to think about, we now have a crisis exponentially because of COVID-19 because of the coronavirus, because of the anxiety, because of the tension, because of whatever this mental capacity is for this individual, we now have an opportunity to mitigate what could be an exponential problem on the other side of this thing. So again, the latest data we have is in 2018. And if you look at it, where you've got uh, 49.4 per 100,000 employees, suicide rate to a 9.5 per 100,000 employee accident-related fatalities on a job site. We need to address this now. We've got to get behind this as an industry, and leaders need to rise up and say, not on my jobs, not in my company, not in my industry. Right. Yeah, that figure actually staggers me. I had not heard it put into that perspective before, and it really is astounding, the, the, the number that you're referring to. And I know that there aren't any statistics yet from um, what we're experiencing during this time frame of the pandemic. Have you heard any reports of an increase in incidents? Has there been anything anecdotally that's coming across in terms of increased um, concerns about worker mental health at this stage? <laughs> to say that I've heard anything factual, no. Again, you, sure. you said the word anecdotally. You're, you're here. You're hearing the rumors, and, and you get the feel from the industry of what's going on out there. Here, here's the challenge: when you when you begin to think about uh, construction extraction being the highest rate of suicide. Okay, so that's a position that our industry holds. But when you begin to think about frontline workers and what they're seeing and experiences, what what these nurses and these hospitals are experiencing, I'm going to tell you it's going to be a national epidemic of its own accord to address this mental health because I think there's a fatigue that's happening out there from people today. Uh, we're about Zoomed out, okay? We're sure. about team out. We're about conference called out. And as much as we say we like to telework, we still got to have the social interactions. And so you're isolating people. And, you know, there was a study that came out, I think, just yesterday that I saw on the local news station where many doctors are now approaching the president and his administration talking about that if we don't open up the economy sooner rather than later, is that the mental drain on people, the physical drain on people being isolated is going to do more damage than the possible virus will in and of itself. Because again, we're, that's the conversation. Again, that's all anecdotal. I'm not going to quote a source on it, but those you can imagine if, if uh, we're struggling with this and everybody that I talk to, every one of these Zoom conversations and teleconferences that I get in, everybody's fatigued. They, they want to shake somebody's hand, you know, they want to fist pump, they want to want to get back to work and work in pairs and together. And this has caused us to be isolated. And when you begin to think about that, that then 
begins to impact people's mental stability. It, you know, and, and it, it will shine a light on imbalances, whether they're chemical or whether they're, you know, physical or whatever the case may be. So it is something that we've got to start a conversation about on a national level to deal with this. Uh, people are under tremendous stress right now because they're out of work. People are out of work or, you know, not being able to provide for their families or, or waiting on a government subsidy. I mean, I, I, I just can't imagine some of the stress and strain that many Americans are under right now or many people in this world are under right now trying to address this. So I think it, it's going to be a bigger issue going forward. And that's why we have to talk about this openly and not treat it with shame and not treat it as if it's somebody else's problem, but treat it as if it's my problem and I need to do something about it. Uh, I, I do conferences all over America, and I start this conversation with how many people in this room, by show of hands, have been affected by a death by suicide. And you can literally go through it and say, was it a loved one? Was it a friend? Was it a project? Was it someone that you knew? All of us, this is a problem that we all are touched by. And so this pandemic is only going to be a catalyst for potential more. I'm not being gloom and doom. I'm just saying it just makes sense that we keep this conversation more vocal, more visible. I, I completely agree, and I, I think that there is a huge risk if we fail to start get this conversation actively moving forward at this point. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because you mentioned the CFMA was very instrumental in the alliance initially, and I actually saw a presentation last fall where um, the executive director of the CFMA looked at suicide as part of a risk management strategy because that is a huge risk in terms of loss of employees, loss of productivity, all of those things. So it is, as much as it's very much a personal issue, there's also a financial risk there as well to a company. In, in it the is. And, and I think that's where the conversation, as you said, Becky, began. Uh, these CFOs were able to look at this. And when you begin to think about 33% of worker comp claims in men, and 66% in women have to do with a mental health condition. Interesting. And that's staggering when you begin to think about that, you know, and when you, when you start to dig into those worker comp claims, all of a sudden you find out that 50% of those, okay, report symptoms of depression after the injury. And so... You don't know what leads to these things. You don't know what the catalyst is, but you know there is a financial impact. The good news is that if, if companies across any industry sector, and this has been determined by CFMA and others, that if you will invest $1 in mental health, it will result in a $4 return on investment. So you talk about risk management. We've got to invest in this. We've got to be proactive if we think we're going to mitigate this, particularly when it comes to workers' comp, particularly when it comes to productivity, particularly when it comes to being able to attract and retain people in whatever industry sector you represent. Absolutely. Absolutely. So looking specifically at what you can do on your job sites or in your office, whatever it might be, 
regardless of what your role might be, what do we need to be doing in terms of monitoring people and being aware of what they should be looking for um, to, to make sure that employees' health um, is not so dramatically affected that they get to that point of well, first of all, we've got to make it okay to talk about them. Um, it's not, like I said, somebody else's problem. It's, it's not something that you should be looking at with shame. It should be part of our everyday dialogue and conversation. Uh, obviously, me as the incoming chair and uh, the current chair, Michelle Walker, uh, she is probably one of the most vocal people in the world about making us aware that we need to have this conversation. And, it, and if I can do half of what that young lady has done, I will have a successful seat as chair. But having said that, it is about telling our employees, looking them in the eye and say, it is okay to have this conversation. You know, the many benefits packages across many industry sectors have employee assistance programs, but they're the, the smallest used resource of any benefits package out there. And most employees just don't know that, Becky. You know, I, I don't want to tell them that I need to see a counselor. I don't, I don't want to see them that I, I need to go to a doctor and be checked for mental health. I don't, they think there's a stigma, you know, a, a stereotype associated with that, and we've got to make that okay. And that starts with me. That is me making a commitment to say it is okay for my team, my employees, the people that work around me to say, listen, I'm not myself today. Or for me to ask them, you're not yourself today. What can I do? How can I help? And then the challenge becomes, you know, figuring out how to do that. And so that's where I, the shameless plug for Prevent Construction Suicide, our website, CIASP's website, uh, go there because there's just tons and tons of resources out there. There's training and education available for people to participate in. I, I just finished up some coursework from an organization called Living Works, and it's video-based. It's very interactive to where you look and you actually begin to tune in to these videos, and you're looking for signs of how this person's acting, and you, you ask certain questions, and from there you stay. Listen, very objectively, very definitively, you know, where you're at, have you contemplated taking your life or suicide? You know, it's okay to have, and if they say no, wonderful, but you've got to get them to a point to where they trust you to have that conversation. And then lastly, you need to connect them to the resource. Last thing you want to do is for me and Becky to have a great exchange, and to Becky be in a space and place where she's desperate reaching out for help and say, okay, it's going to be all right tomorrow. You've got to give them a resource. Yeah, yeah. I, and I think it's a hard conversation to have, even as the person asking the question, are you okay? Um, and I think that we need to encourage people to, to not be afraid to even ask that question as much as we need to say, don't be afraid to tell me when you have a problem. You're right. As you mentioned, this is a very, very uh, rugged kind of a machismo industry and it, it's it's a tough place to be in but unless that conversation does happen we're going to continue to see more losses yeah you know in the world as a, as a safety professional in this industry as a workforce development professional in this industry here's what i will tell you i have no problem telling construction worker mr or mrs young or old you're about to injure yourself. 
with what you're about to do. You need to stop, think that through. Let's reprogram this piece of work, do an intervention in that space, right? We need to do interventions in this space as well. It is it's a call to action to our industry to say, we don't want to be on the top of the list. We don't want to be the industry with the highest number. That is nothing to brag about. That just means that we've got a lot of work to do. And I call on leaders of construction companies around the world to step up and stand up and say, it is time for us to take charge of this and make it okay. Make it okay. With the same vigor that we do around physical safety, we have to put this into that mental component as well. I agree. I agree completely. Greg, this has been a great conversation, and I really think that you've given a ton of insights um, and, and some great feedback on this. Is there anything else that you would like to encourage people to do to, to help make sure that they keep people safe from this, what really is kind of its own epidemic in the construction um, workspace? It, it is, and, and Believe this or not, Becky, number one, I would tell anybody that is listening to this podcast or reading this article, the next thing they do when they see the very last word with your signature underneath it saying you authored or we say goodbye is go to our website, Prevent Construction Suicide. That is the most critical thing, the single biggest thing that I call on people to do, preventconstructionsuicide.com. That thing is loaded with resources. For those that say, I don't even know where to start. Well, we've got, a, we've got a package out there that you can download. It's free. How do you evaluate where your company is? What are your next steps? There's education material out there for those folks. There's how do you begin this conversation in my organization? The single biggest thing that they can do is take the pledge. We have a pledge out there that says we're not going to stand for this anymore. As a matter of fact, it's an acronym called STAND. It's called Taking the Stand Pledge. It doesn't cost you a nickel. It doesn't. You're not obligated to tell anybody, but it's you making a physical move to address this in my organization. And I pledge to do that with some of the finest companies in the world. So that's what I'm asking people to do. This is an epidemic in our industry. Whatever your tip of your spirit may be in your hometown USA, it's right in your backyard and it's time for us to address it. And if there's anything that the Construction Industry Alliance for Suicide Prevention can do, it's trying to connect you to those resources. So I encourage you to go to our website and take the pledge. Thank you so much, Greg. I, I think that's great advice. And I really appreciate the time you've spent with me today. It's been so, your passion is contagious. Well, it's been an honor to be here. And thank you for taking the time to look into this issue. You're welcome. Well, that's it for this edition of Digging Deeper. Thank you to Greg Sizemore, Associated Builders and Contractors, for taking the time to talk with us today. Tune in every Monday for another episode of the Digging Deeper podcast by 4constructionpros.com. You keep listening, we'll keep digging. Until next time.